0: I'm Bill Moyers. It's good to have your ear. The battle of women's health and reproductive rights with Planned Parenthood President Cecile Richards.
1: It's better to be a corporation uh, today than to be a woman uh, in front of the Supreme Court. I feel like what's happened is somehow politics has gotten involved now uh, in such a way that women just aren't able to access even basic health care in America. Ninety-nine percent of women in this country use family planning. I can absolutely guarantee you what they don't want is politicians making the most personal private decision that women and their families make. There has to be in this country um, a public health care system that will ensure that women can get access to the care that they need regardless of religion.
0: Thanks for joining us. In the 40-plus years since the Supreme Court affirmed a woman's right to an abortion with its Roe v. Wade decision, conservatives and the religious right have crusaded to overturn it, sometimes peacefully, sometimes not. Thanks to a sustained legal strategy in particular, which includes achieving a Supreme Court majority of five conservative Catholic men, all appointed by Republican presidents, they have been inching toward success. This session alone the court limited health insurance coverage for contraception and made it easier for protesters to demonstrate outside abortion clinics. Meanwhile, several states have already passed regulations that effectively restrict access to safe legal clinics. More than half the American women of reproductive age now live in states hostile to abortion access. Let me repeat that. More than half the women of reproductive age now live in states hostile to their constitutional rights in Washington, Senate Democrats have introduced the Women's Health Protection Act to counter those state and local restrictions on reproductive freedom At a hearing this week voices were heard both for and against the bill
1: This is the newest tactic in a four decade campaign to deprive women of the promise of Roe v Wade There have been during those four decades terrorizing physical attacks, clinics bombed, vandalized and torched, doctors and clinic workers murdered, and clinics blockaded. Today, women's access to abortion services is being blocked through an avalanche of pretextual laws that are designed to accomplish by the pen what could not be accomplished through brute force, the closure of facilities providing essential reproductive health care to women of this country.
0: The legislation this committee is considering is extreme legislation. It is legislation designed to force a radical view from Democrats in the Senate that abortion should be universally available, common, without limit, and paid for by the taxpayer. And it is also a very real manifestation of a war on women, given the enormous health consequences that unlimited abortion has had damaging the health and sometimes even the lives of women. We'll talk about these and other developments now with Cecile Richards. Since she became president of the Planned Parenthood Federation in 2006, the number of its supporters has doubled to 7 million. Before her current position, she organized low-wage workers in the hotel and healthcare fields in California and founded the Texas Freedom Network to champion civil liberties and religious freedom in her native state. She also served as deputy chief of staff to Nancy Pelosi, the Democratic leader of the House. Cecile Richards, welcome.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: An impartial observer looking on Mm -hmm. could reasonably conclude that you're losing the political battle over abortion.
1: I actually don't think that's correct. Now, I will say that in 2010, uh, in the elections where, frankly, the Tea Party Uh, swept into the U.S. House of Representatives and took over state legislatures, and they have had a very clear agenda, which is to to roll back women's access. But whenever these issues are actually on the ballot, uh, whether in a candidate or even, I'll just give you an example, the state of Mississippi, where, uh, you know, the the far right uh, tried to push, uh, and and the legislature pushed a bill that would have outlawed abortion in, in that state. The voters of Mississippi, not a progressive state, I don't think, Uh, we'd we'd say. They overwhelmingly uh, rejected that.
0: At 14 years ago, a third of women of reproductive age lived in states considered hostile to abortion access. Now more than half do. Why is that not losing?
1: I don't think it's the states. I think it's the state legislatures. Uh, I do think the state legislatures have moved dramatically to the right, and not just on women's issues, on on voting rights issues, on a whole host of issues. Unfortunately, uh, a wing of the Republican Party, the most extreme wing, that believes abortion should not be legal, that believes birth control should not be available, are really in charge of the primary process.
0: Is it conceivable to you that your opponents have won the moral argument That that is, they've convinced enough people in conservative circles that abortion is morally wrong, leaving politicians that you talk about no choice but to go where the voters lead.
1: I fundamentally disagree with that. Um, People look, and we at Planned Parenthood um, talk to voters a lot, talk to the public a lot. Um, People in this country believe that abortion is a very personal uh, and often complex issue. They overwhelmingly believe, though, again, that these are personal, private decisions that women have to be able to make with their doctors, um, with their family, with their loved ones, Uh, and that the last thing they want is politicians making the most personal decisions for a family. Uh, That is, again, that crosses party line, that crosses uh, gender, uh, age, and young people in this country can't imagine going back to a time uh, where abortion was um, illegal and not available.
0: You put your finger on the paradox. Surveys show right. the majority of Americans believe a woman and her doctor, not politicians, should be making these decisions. Sixty-eight percent of young Americans believe abortion services should be available where they live. Why doesn't that translate into political success?
1: I think it does, and I'll give you a couple of examples, um, but we have a long way to go. I'll give you that. Um, I, the last presidential election, to me, was quite interesting. I mean, that was by all, you know, was going to be a very close uh, election by all counts, but we had two candidates, you know, uh, Mitt Romney, who said he wanted to overturn Roe, that he wanted to get rid of Planned Parenthood, uh, President Obama, who strongly supported women's rights. Uh, we had the biggest gender gap ever. Uh, in polling in a presidential election. And we just saw this in the Virginia governor's race. Fascinating. You know, a a race that I think folks thought was going to be very, very tough, where you had two candidates, uh, Terry McAuliffe, who supported women's access to birth control, uh, Planned Parenthood, Ken Cuccinelli, the sitting attorney general, uh, who opposed basically all of women's rights. That, uh, I would say that election was decided by women. You know, there was a nine point gender gap for Terry McAuliffe. He won that race by about two and a half points. So it's when women know what's at stake um, and they go out to vote, they can determine pretty much any election in the country.
0: So given that, how do you explain that in our home state? The governor, Rick Perry, said that he intends to make abortion a thing of the past. Mm -hmm. He's succeeding there.
1: Well, actually, I disagree. He's not making abortion a thing of the past. He's making safe and legal abortion a thing of the past. And I think this is what's very distressing and uh, is that what, of course, the impact of these regulations are disproportionately felt on low income women, on women who live in rural areas of the state. Uh, We're having women now go across the border to Mexico because they can't access legal abortion in the state of Texas. So um, again, You know, our goal at Planned Parenthood is to make abortion safe and legal and to help women get preventive care that they need to reduce unintended pregnancy in the first place. Unfortunately, Governor Perry is doing away with all of that. When the governor and the legislature started going after women's health care in the state, ending the women's health program, dozens of health centers that didn't provide abortion services had to shut down because they served low-income women and they didn't have the funds to continue.
0: There was a story out of Houston the other day that Mm -hmm. there's now an underground railroad uh, for women seeking abortion services.
1: Absolutely. I think what we're seeing is pre-Roe activities now of women trying to figure out um, how to get around the country, because there are increasingly states where uh, you may have a legal right to an abortion, but effectively you have no access. In Texas, it's really in some ways the test case for um, all of these restrictions. We are going to, I think this fall, um, by September, when all of these regulations uh, come into effect, we'll see in in a state as large as, this as large as the country of France, there will be seven, uh, probably seven health centers left in the state of Texas where women can access uh, safe and legal abortion.
0: Down from what?
1: Oh, uh, dozens. Um, but I, I think the thing that's important, Bill, is that it's it's far beyond that because the impact is is certainly on the ability to access abortion services, but it also has been devastating on women's ability to even access family planning uh, and basic preventive care.
0: I hear you saying, and you and others, that the constitutional Right. Expressed in Roe versus Wade has hit the hard rock of political reality. Is Roe being rendered null and void by politics?
1: Well, we're seeing some states, yes, where I believe the state legislatures are hollowing out uh, the rights under Roe in every conceivable um, way. Uh, I think this court as well is um, has been more sympathetic to um, those efforts to undermine women's access, again, not only to safe and legal abortion, but certainly to birth control as well. And that's very worrisome.
0: Do you really think that Women's Health Protection Act that was debated this week could undo some of the damage being caused by this onslaught of regulations?
1: Absolutely. And I think it's so important. Essentially what the Women's Health Protection Act does is says You have to treat women's reproductive health care and abortion access like you do all other medical procedures, really to try to stem the tide of these extreme bills are being passed that are creating enormous barriers for women to just access basic legal rights.
0: You heard Senator Cruz call it extreme legislation. He says the state restrictions on abortions are, and I'm quoting him, reasonable and are intended to protect the health and safety of women. He also says it's mm-hmm. people like you and your allies who are waging this war on women by supporting unlimited abortion that has sometimes cost women their lives.
1: Well, I just, I don't even know where to start. It's, it is ironic that he comes from the state of Texas where uh, the restrictions upon women's ability to access, again, preventive care, uh, family planning, safe and legal abortion have never been worse. What we're seeing in Texas is as radical uh, as any state in the country in terms of eliminating women's ability to plan their families. And, you know, I I would also say to Senator Cruz, it's really important to recognize this is not a partisan issue for women. Um, Women, 99 percent of women in this country use family planning. Okay, so that's a news flash. I think something he ought to to look at. 98 percent of Catholic women have used family planning at some point. Hmm. So for women, uh, birth control is not a moral issue. It's not a social issue. It is a basic health issue. It's an economic issue. Um, and women, men, uh, the majority of this country supports Roe. They support women ha- being able to make their own decisions about their pregnancies. And they, the I can absolutely guarantee you what they don't want is politicians making the most personal private decisions that women and their families make.
0: What, what is your response to what some of your opponents say, that abortion is vastly different from other procedures and therefore needs higher medical standards. Is there any merit in that argument?
1: Absolutely none. I mean, again, abortion is one of the safest medical procedures in the country. Um, And so it is, this is, and I think, look, it's something I think we have to talk about, is that um, it is, is something that has... I mean, one of the most incredible things I think that has happened since the Roe decision. And I talked to doctors who were around pre-Roe who said, you know, routinely young, healthy women were dying in emergency rooms across this country simply because they had no access uh, to terminate a pregnancy in a, in a medical uh, setting. Hmm. So, look, we've had politicians admit it. You know, they say that they're for women's health and safety, but they're not. They simply want to close down access to, um, to abortion services, and as Governor Perry said, make abortion, um, in his words, a thing of the past.
0: If the services continue to be closed down, as is happening in Texas, why can't hospitals start taking up? the slack. Couldn't they offer patients considerably more privacy, for example, than these uh, health centers where there are protesters outside uh, uh, confronting the women?
1: Well, I I mean, look, I'm very grateful to the hospitals that do provide abortion services, and I I would hope more of them would be. I mean, as you know, uh, many of the hospitals in this country now are owned by the Catholic Church uh, or have Catholic affiliation. Uh, They not only will not provide abortion services, they will not provide a whole host of reproductive health care. And so there has to be. In this country, um, a public health care system that will ensure that women can get access to the care that they need, regardless of religion, and that is becoming increasingly a problem. Not only it's it's a problem in Texas; it's a problem across the country.
0: Let me ask you this: This Hobby Lobby decision Mm -hmm. gives the owner of a business, on religious grounds, the power to deny coverage of birth control to his employees. Saying, in effect, that the religious beliefs of the owner mm-hmm. triumph over the preventive health needs for women workers, capital has religious rights, labor doesn't. Where is this going to take us?
1: I don't know. I mean, look, this, is a, this decision, which I know some people have described as narrow, is uh, very troublesome. I mean, I think certainly Justice Ginsburg's uh, dissent is correct. This is, uh, is full of minefields. I was actually there for the Hobby Lobby argument, and it was stunning to see the lack of regard for women. Um, but from that decision and other decisions that have, that you know, certainly had the buffer zone decision, you know, it's better to be a corporation uh, today than to be a woman uh, in front of the Supreme Court. And uh, I think that the Hobby Lobby decision is just the beginning of giving corporations free license to um, obey those rules and, and laws that they agree with uh, and not ones that they don't agree with.
0: Giving the owners.
1: Absolutely. Or the,
0: the managers and the shareholders. The CEOs, that's it's right. The CEOs. That's correct. They will be calling the shots more often.
1: That's, that's exactly right. How could the rights of one CEO, you know, or the beliefs, the religious beliefs of one CEO and his family trump the right of thousands of women to make their own decision. Nothing about the Affordable Care Act requires women to use birth control. Um, But as we're already seeing, millions of women are already benefiting from being able to make that decision themselves, to make their own choice about what kind of birth control they'd like to use if they want to use it and to get it paid for uh, and to help plan their families.
0: What do you think will come from the court's junking of the 35-foot buffer zone?
1: Well, we're already seeing in Massachusetts that absolutely, immediately after that decision, uh, eliminating the buffer zone, uh, we had um, record numbers of protesters outside of the uh, following women all the way up to the door of our health center in Massachusetts. Um, these are not all kindly elderly ladies um, simply whispering in the ears. And even if they were, it is the right of women in this country to be able to access health care that they need without harassment and without the advice of uh, dozens of people outside their health center I mean can you imagine uh, if, if you know if men in this country and uh, before going into their doctor had to walk through a gauntlet of protesters telling them you know whether it's not to get a colonoscopy or just go down the list it's incredible I think now we'll see challenges to buffer zones across the country and um, look I it, it's, it's hard not to escape the irony of the enormous buffer zone that the Supreme Court enjoys uh, in front of their court uh, and why we can't afford that same right to women who are simply trying to access health care. I, I just don't understand.
0: Did you ever see that HBO documentary, The Soldiers in the Army of God? Here's some scenes from it. Abortionists are murderers. Murderers should be executed. I definitely felt that the Lord
2: wanted me to shoot the abortionist. We need a civil war that will kill a whole lot of people.
0: Most people who oppose abortion wouldn't advocate that kind of violence, but how do you explain the passion that enters into this debate?
1: Well. Look, I think this is always going to be a topic where people have strong personal feelings. Um, But I do believe the rhetoric that is now, um, that is sort of tolerated and frankly that we hear from elected officials um, oftentimes um, does encourage people to sort of uh, put women in a certain place, certainly doctors in a certain place. And... You know, it's very tough to to watch this footage, but I think it's important because, of course, this was why the Massachusetts buffer zone was passed in the first place. This was not simply an intellectual idea. is because women and doctors and clinicians were uh, under enormous personal safety risks.
0: You know, the two and people were murdered there.
1: That's correct. And listen, in my eight years at Planned Parenthood, The toughest day uh, was on a Sunday morning when I got a call that George Tiller in Kansas had been shot in his church, Um, uh, an amazingly courageous man who had cared for women um, in the most selfless and, um, again, always at risk for his own safety. Um, We can't go back to those days. And that's where, when you ask me, where is this country? That's not where this country wants to go, and we're not going to.
0: Is there a war on women, or has that become a convenient uh, m- m- metaphor?
1: It's not a term I use, but in, in some ways that the shoe fits. you know I, I feel like I don't like to think there's a war on women, but the evidence is that there is certainly um, within some, certainly some elements of the Republican Party and unfortunately a lot of the leadership. And a lot of politicians in this country, folks who are uncomfortable, I believe, with women um, being equal in, in America. And, I mean, that's why we can't seem to pass a, you know, we can't pass an equal pay bill. We can't, we don't want to have a- women access to reproductive health care. Uh, and I just don't think young people in this country uh, are going to let them get away with it. Uh, and that's what, you know, that's my hope is that it's it's our kids um, and their generation That aren't going to go back to a day when women were second class citizens in America.
0: Cecile Richards, thank you very much for being with me.
1: It's so good to see you, Bill. Thanks for having me.
0: At our website, BillMoyers.com, there's some essential reading on what we've just talked about and a look at how the state's and this year's candidates are handling the issue of reproductive freedom. That's all at BillMoyers.com. I'll see you there, and I'll see you here
2: next time. Moyers and Company is produced by Public Affairs Television. You can learn more about the team that collaborates to produce the series at BillMoyers.com. Funding is provided by Ann Gumowitz, encouraging the renewal of democracy. Carnegie Corporation of New York, supporting innovations in education, democratic engagement, and the advancement of international peace and security at carnegie.org. The Ford Foundation, working with visionaries on the front lines of social change worldwide. The Herb Alpert Foundation, supporting organizations whose mission is to promote compassion and creativity in our society. The John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Committed to building a more just, verdant, and peaceful world. More information at macfound.org. Park Foundation, dedicated to heightening public awareness of critical issues. The Kohlberg Foundation, Barbara G. Fleischman. And by our sole corporate sponsor, Mutual of America, designing customized individual and group retirement products. That's why we're your retirement company.